If you are healthy, fit and strong, how do you know it? If you're healthy, fit and strong, how do you know it? If you're healthy, fit and strong, does your body give you a clue? Do you know what it feels like to be healthy, fit and strong? And if yes, how would you describe it? And if you have, have never been healthy, fit and strong, what does that sound like or feel like or what do you think it would be uh, if you had to describe it to somebody else? And it's a very personal question. There's lots of dispute and argument about what is fitness and how do you test for it? What is strength and how do you test for it? And how do you determine whether somebody's healthy or not? So there's lots of people who look really good. Uh, they're not very fit, not very healthy. There's a lot of people who might be fit, but they're not very strong and they're not very healthy. There might be people who are very strong, but they're not very fit and they're not very healthy. And there's some people who are healthy uh, by the guidelines that the doctor might give them, but they might not be fit and strong. So how do we know and what does it mean to you? Because it's such a personal question, I'm just going to ask some personal questions. So if the doctor says to you, you have a healthy resting heart rate, or, or they might say it's a low resting heart rate, you've got a normal blood pressure, you've got a normal blood sugar level, and you've got a normal cholesterol level, and the doctor might bring in BMI, so that's your weight and height, uh, or they might, use, uh, they might put a, a tape measure around your waist. Uh, often that's, uh, it's been considered that if your waist measurement's more than 100 centimetres, that that's a dangerous place for, you, for your waistline to be because that's where your internal organs sit and you don't want them to be surrounded by fat. So the question I have there, though, is it, technically if you went to the doctor and you had normal resting heart rate or healthy resting heart rate, low resting heart rate, normal blood pressure, normal blood sugar levels, normal cholesterol levels and you had a, a, a BMI that was considered healthy, the doctor would probably say that you are a healthy human being. But here's my challenge without all my question for you. If, even if you've got all of those things going, what if you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see and could that affect your mental health? If you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, is it possible that you could be overweight and still have all of those, no, those normal uh, health readings? And yes, the, the answer is yes. So you might be healthy but not look good or you might look good and not be healthy because a lot of people that look in the mirror and they've got ripped abdominals and tight butt cheeks but they're mentally unhealthy because they're screwed up about their food and exercise and or that they wouldn't score well on any of those medical uh, measurements. So what does it mean to you? Do you want to have a healthy resting heart rate, blood pressure, blood sugar levels and cholesterol level BMI? Do you want to have a low body fat percentage? A lot of people say, well, if you can see somebody's abdominals or you can see the lines in their shoulders or you can see that they've got four quadriceps or four parts to their quadriceps, that they obviously have low body fat percentage, so that must mean that they're healthy. Having been in the exercise, well, I've been an exercise professional all of my life, and as I often share, the first part of my life, not so professional, but definitely exercise, uh, I have been involved with and experienced lots and lots of people who they might look fantastic but they're not mentally healthy and their body is not fit and strong and healthy they just look good so there's a lot of people that strive for that though because a lot of people have shared with me i don't care if i'm healthy i don't care what my blood pressure is i just want to have ripped abdominals and look good so what about fitness and what about strength and again you've often heard and you've heard from me probably fit for what and strong for what so some people need to be strong enough to compete in a powerlifting competition and some people need to be strong enough to lift up their newborn baby and keep lifting it as it gets older. Some people need to be fit enough to run 100 metres very fast. Some people need to be fit enough to run 42.2 kilometres or do an Ironman. And is that fitness different? So 
So I always ask this very personal question uh, and something to really consider. Is it possible that whatever guidelines we've given the world, that they're not working? How many people do you know that are really fit and really strong and really healthy? They've got all of that covered. So they, ha they don't just look good. They're mentally healthy, physically healthy. They're fit and strong. That whole complete package. And it seems to be that that's becoming very rare. Uh, and how would we measure that? So is that a personal thing that you would measure yourself? So I feel healthy, I've got a stack of energy, I perform at my best, I look in, good in the mirror and I'm getting the results that I want. They're the four questions that I always ask. Uh, does that mean that you're healthy? And that may not be important to you. So what is it that you wanna do and are you fit and strong enough to do it? And if not, how do you get fit and strong so that you are fit and strong enough to do it? Uh, and they're the things that are all very personal because whatever question I ask you, your answer is going to be different because you're a unique individual. So if you want to be fit enough to have a baby or fit enough to climb mountains or fit enough to go water skiing or fit enough to compete in a bodybuilding competition, fit and or strong and or look good, they're all different things. So what if there was a way to get your body fit and strong so that you could do all of those things, whatever they are? So you might want to be fit enough right now or look good enough or, or have the strength to compete in a powerlifting competition or look good on stage in a bikini. But then you might have a baby and you want to be strong and, and fit to have a baby and then you might want to be strong and fit to be a grandparent. Could that change throughout our lives? So is there anything that's consistent that if we did this, it would make sure that we got that every time? And I always ask that question, would it be nice to have a body that you don't have to go and get fit for something, you're already fit and you can go and do it. You don't have to get strong to do something, you're already strong and you can go and do it. So if somebody says to you right now, if it's the middle of summer, would you like to go skiing for a week in Aspen or, or Switzerland? You could say yes. You wouldn't have to say, well, I've got to go and get fit for skiing or strong for skiing. You are all ready to go. If somebody said to you, there's a, the Great Bull of China uh, marathon, uh, I just heard somebody talk about that, that this week, uh, do you want to go run it? You wouldn't have to say, well, I have to train for the marathon. You would be fit and strong enough to go and do it. If somebody said to you, hey, I'm going to compete in a bodybuilding competition or a body shaping competition or a bikini competition, would you want to come and do it with me? You could say, yeah, sure, let's go. And your body would be in that kind of shape all the time. Not have to get fit for, not have to get strong for, but already be fit and strong so you can go and do all the other things. And that's a really interesting question, particularly as an exercise professional. It's been my driving force my entire life. I think that we've screwed up exercise. I think if I ask most people what exercise is, and I'll ask you, what do you think exercise is? Most people share, they think it's 20, 30, 45 minutes an hour or longer. They think it's a series of either fitness or strength or a combination of both, but it's going to take a long time. Uh, and it's usually hard or sweaty or boring or not too many people are excited about exercise. It seems a lot of people are excited about what exercise might do for them. Would that be fair? So yes, I want to be fit and strong so that I can play rugby league, I can do a UFC fight, I can be a bikini girl on stage, I can uh, have a baby, I can cr climb mountains and the, climb the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we want the outcome of what exercise is going to do, but then when we talk about what exercise is, the thing in between, I'm not ready to do it now, I want to go and do it, I have to do something in the middle. 
for most people, exercise is not something they want to do. And we know that because around about, depending on which health organization statistics you read, anywhere between 90 to 95% of people now don't have an exercise program that will keep them healthy, fit and strong for a lifetime. And one of the really scary things is when you go to those world health organization type people and say, what are the guidelines to get fit and get strong? And it's usually not much about getting strong. It's usually about being fit or being healthy. So what what do I need to do to keep a healthy body for a long time so I can avoid the horrible diseases? You'll often hear 150 minutes a week or 75 minutes of intense activity. Now, I had a quote just recently, which uh, I think wraps that all up. It went like this, Rowie, I haven't got one single person in my life that would do 150 minutes of exercise and or 75 minutes of intense exercise. Nobody. Everybody in my life hates exercise and they don't want to do any of it. Whoa, so what do we do now? If I ask those same people who don't want to do any exercise, do you want to get old fast? Do you want to be weak? Do you want to be depressed? Do you want to have a slow metabolism so you put on weight really fast and can't eat all the things that you love? Do you want to have horrible hair, skin, nails, rotten teeth, uh, osteoporosis? Do you want to get uh, be in the high-risk category for coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer, stroke? Uh, the worst one is type 2 diabetes. Do you want to be in a high-risk category for having limb, uh, limb amputations, renal failure, kidney failure, uh, having your no circulation to your penis, all the things that happen when you've got cardiovascular slash type 2 diabetes? And nobody says to me, yes, Rowie, that's the disease that I want. The challenge, of course, is that our inactive society, 90 to 95% of people now who don't have some kind of movement plan to keep them healthy, fit and strong for the rest of their lives, are in a very high risk category for all of those diseases. The big ones are type 2 diabetes and coronary heart disease, which are really cardiovascular disease and or anything to do with your hoses. So the the stuff in your body is not circulating effectively whether that's oxygen, blood, nutrients, and the stuff that's in your bloodstream is not going where it's supposed to go. And the big one there is those big glucose molecules that if they stay in your bloodstream, damage the arteries and cause type 2 diabetes. So why am I sharing all of that with you? Do we need to be fit and strong? I'm very happy to say, no, we don't need to exercise. And I actually say that now on a regular basis. Please don't do any exercise. Because for most people, exercise is 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. And the process there is actually ineffective. And Rowie, why did you say that? How can you say that exercising for that long is ineffective? Well, please, can you consider? Great question. There's three places or three energy systems that we can exercise in. The first one, as I always talk about, is the phosphate system. It's the fight and flight system. It's the energy system to keep us alive if our body's under threat. And your body automatically produces everything you need to move at 100% effort, high intense activity, so that you can get the hell away from the threat or turn and fight the threat or both. And your body produces, most importantly, all the, the endocrine hormonal chemicals epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, the catecholamine system, as it's called, gets you ready to fight and flight so that you can stay alive. And I'll use that very appropriately. It's the stay alive system. The second system, the lactate system, you can work very hard in the lactate system, but not at 100% because anything past 10 seconds, you start pacing yourself, which means you can't work at 100%. The challenge with that system is that there's a waste product called lactic acid. And for most people, that makes them feel sick and or makes their muscles burn. 
So for people who hate to exercise, I don't ever want them to be in the lactate system because they're going to get burning sensation in their muscles and they're going to feel sick, which means they're very unlikely to keep going. The third energy system, and we, we live in this energy system, it's called the aerobic system, where your body takes in oxygen and breathes out carbon dioxide. And whether it does that fast or slow or effectively is technically what we call cardiovascular fitness. So I breathe in and I breathe out and what happens in between. So for example, if I exercise at 100% effort, which is the phosphate system, but I recover really quickly and I've got a low resting heart rate, there's not too much argument that that would be a fit person. So if I put in 100% effort, whether I'm boxing or skipping or running or jumping or kicking or dancing, or doesn't matter what it is, as long as I'm going to 100% effort, 10 seconds, if I recover from that really quickly and during the day my resting heart rate is low, I would be considered to be fit. If I'm in that state so I can get... I can work intensely and recover really quickly, put in 100% effort, recover really quickly, do an intense bout of anything and recover really quickly, what else could I do? And I'm sharing this with you because to me that isn't exercise and I'll rephrase, for me it is, but for most people it isn't because most people think I have to do 20, 30, 40, 50, one hour of exercise and I'm going to pace my way through it. Well, the pacing is the challenge because I'm not, I can't pace and do 100%. I can go hard and fast and short or I can go slow and easy and long, but I can't do both. And if I go at 100% effort, what happens inside my body? I get all those chemical changes, the neurotransmitters that keep me alive for fighting and flighting. And the big important part there is the neurotransmitter that says brain-derived neurotrophic factor, fertilizer for the brain. Next time that person puts that their body under that stress, they have to be stronger, they have to be fitter, they have to be smarter, wiser, their brain has to be working better so they can get away more effectively. That's called being human. And I think as exercise professionals, or I'll ask you this question, when do you ever hear from anybody involved in exercise that short, sharp, hard bursts of 100% effort will get you fit and strong for everything? What we usually hear is, I'm going to get you to do this activity in the aerobic system or I'm going to get you to do this activity and let's talk about the gym because people would say when you go to the gym you're in the phosphate system because you're lifting heavy but for most people the weight that they're lifting is not heavy it's and I often see this is embarrassing I often see women who are lifting weights in the gym who's the when they leave the gym their gym bag or the handbag is heavier than the weights that they were lifting in the gym the question there is of course how why and how would the body get stronger tougher wiser produce brain derived neurotrophic factor when i'm not forcing it to is it possible that i have to force my brain to get tougher and stronger force my muscles and bones to get stronger force my heart and lungs to get stronger put them under pressure Woo! so i can fight or flight and i get excited about this because it's 10 seconds. It's not, and I used my, one of my favourite athletes of all time, Usain Bolt. His name isn't Usain Walk. It's not Usain go to the gym three times a week and pace yourself through a one-hour workout with 15 exercises. His name's not Usain let's hope we go for a 30-minute walk and get fit and burn some fat. It's not Usain Bolt let's do 10 seconds, sorry, 10,000 steps and hope that we get fit and strong and lose some weight. Usain Bolt is the man. He's the 10-second man, and he's just a little bit under the 10 seconds. And I use him as an example because we often focus on weight the way people look, don't we? 
we focus on if they've got ripped abdominals or if they've got tight butt cheeks, they must be healthy. Or is it possible that that's not true? But if I can push my body over 100 metres in less than 10 seconds and I can recover really quickly, that is technically called phosphate fit. But what else can you do? And I'll give you a beautiful example. Usain Bolt had a friend who was blind and she wanted to do a full marathon. And she needed somebody to literally hold her hand uh, and there's a special, uh, this special band thing that they wear if you've got somebody to run with you to guide you through the run. So Usain Bolt, who is a 100-metre sprinter, said, sure, I'll take you, and took her on a 42.2-kilometre run at a fairly decent pace because she was well-trained, but he wasn't. He was just phosphate fit. He was just a 10-second sprinter. And the other really cool thing about Usain Bolt that I love sharing is he's technically designed to be a lactate runner. He's designed, he's a bit taller, and he's designed, he would be apparently, according to the experts, a much better 400-metre sprinter. But he said, I don't want to do, be a 400-metre sprinter. I don't like the training. I don't like lactate training. I don't like feeling lactic acid burn in my muscles. I'm going to st- All he had to do was learn how to get off the blocks fast, which is a little bit harder for a taller person. And he obviously did that quite effectively. Uh, if you don't know who Usain Bolt is, he's one of the, or is the fastest 100-metre sprinter in the world, depending on when you're listening to this, because I'm sure his record will be broken. Uh, but he did what everybody said was impossible. He just kept breaking records and got faster and faster, phosphate fit faster, but also capable of doing lots of other things. Now, I'm not arguing from the extreme, he's just one person. But I'd love for us to consider as exercise professionals that are we turning people off fitness, strength, endurance, flexibility, being healthy, fit and strong, because we're giving them the wrong headspace. How do I know if I'm fit? 100% effort, recover fast, low resting heart rate. And if I have that going, how or what else could I do? Strength, if I'm, and it's the reverse, because it takes, the, the, the heavier you lift, the longer it takes to recover, because you put uh, micro tears in your muscles. So the heavier you lift, it takes longer to recover, but when you come back from recovery, regeneration, and super compensation, how do you tell if you're strong? You're getting stronger. So whatever weight I lifted, whether it was a, a dumbbell, a barbell, a kettlebell, a child, a rock, a bag full of books, if I can lift heavier next time, I've gotten stronger. If I recover quicker from my huffy puffy, I've gotten fitter. If my heart rate's coming down, I'm getting fitter. So they're really easy to measure. How do I get fit, get puffed, and go as hard as you can in 10 seconds? Measure your resting heart rate. It's easy to take. uh, 15 seconds by four. It'll tell you pretty quickly what your resting heart rate is. As you get fitter, that will come down. Measure how long, if you want to know how fit you are, go to 100% effort for 10 seconds. Measure how long it takes you to get your heart rate back to that resting heart rate. And then as you get fitter, watch that number come down. It's pretty bloody exciting. Strength is the opposite. Lift something, recover, lift again. If you're not lifting heavier, then you need to give yourself more time to recover. If I'm fit and if I'm strong, what else can I do? If I'm fit and if I'm strong, strong, could I go and do everything that I want to do? run marathons, climb mountains, have babies, overcome challenges, just be a healthy, happy human being. So how do you know that you're fit and strong? The medical professionals will give you a definition, which is all those numbers. I always ask, are you performing at your best? Do you have a stack of energy? Do you love what you see in the mirror? And are you getting the results that you want from whatever you're doing? If not, perhaps there's some different headspace to consider. And if people say yes to me, 
to in the answer to those four questions, I don't really need, to, I don't go any further. I just say, congratulations, whatever you're doing is working for you. And I'll ask them again very carefully. Are you performing at your best? Do you have a stack of energy all day, every day? Do you love what you see in the mirror, if it's important to you? And are you getting the results that you want from whatever you're doing? If the answer is yes, keep doing it. It's working. The only question I would have there is if you're spending hours and hours to get that result, what if there was a quicker way, a faster way, safer way, that you could get the same result in a shorter period of time if you're spending hours and hours? And the reason I ask that there's a lot of people that look good, they're healthy, they're fit and they're strong, but it takes them one or two hours every day to do that. And is it possible that there's going to come a time in your life when you don't have time to spend two hours looking after your body? You might have the baby, get a stressful job, move away somewhere and you don't have the equipment that you need, you might be on holidays. All sorts of things can take up what, what it is that we want to do with our life, our time so what if, and the better question, what's the shortest amount of time you can invest into your exercise program, not the longest? What's the shortest amount of time to get fit and strong, not the longest? And you often hear me now sharing, uh, I'm not particularly interested in the word exercise anymore because everybody that I ask the question, what does exercise mean to you? They always share with me 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. They drop it as soon as they get busy. They drop it at Christmas. They drop it when they're on holidays. They drop it when they're stressed. It's not something that's important to them. But if you could get fit and strong in a really short period of time, minutes a week, and you could maintain that for the rest of your life so that you can go and do all the other things that you want to do, could that be exciting? So here's, a, here's an interesting challenge. When was the last time you got really puffed? Uh, if it hasn't been for a while, maybe give it a little test. It only takes 10 seconds. Do something as hard as you possibly can for 10 seconds and measure how long it takes to get your heart rate back to normal. So you've got to test your resting heart rate, go to 100% effort, and then see how long it takes to recover. Now, the phosphate system recovers completely in two minutes. So you should be back to your resting heart rate by two minutes and then be ready to go again. But if not, it just means that you, uh, you can aim to get fitter and now you've got something to measure. I would love our kids to grow up in a world where they don't think that exercise is 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour because a lot of kids now don't do anything. We have kids with osteoporosis, bone thinning disease. We have kids with sarcopenia, muscle wastage disease. We have kids with type 2 diabetes, used to be age onset diabetes, old people's disease. We've got kids who are getting old really young. They're inactive and unfit and I just think it's really sad. And I don't want that for our kids. I don't want that for their parents. I don't want it for anybody. So what about this? What if you invested 10 seconds of your time every so often throughout the day to do something that got you puffed? What if you invested two, three, four minutes at the most once every three, four days, depending on how heavy you lift, and you pick an exercise that it's safe, it uses as many muscles and bones as possible at the same time, it looks after all of your joints so that you don't get injured. And what if that took just minutes a week, not hours, just minutes? And that simple process of getting fit and getting strong could then keep you healthy, fit and strong for the rest of your life so you can do all the things that you want to do. That's what I'm all about. That's what Romax is here for, to be healthy, fit and strong for long for the rest of your life. I'd love you to have a career or business that you love. And is, would that be much easier if you were fit and strong? I'd love you to be financially free. And would that be easier to make better money decisions if your, body, if your body and brain are working effectively and they work together, of course? 
And would we make better decisions about our relationships and what we accept from other people and the way we treat other people if we are healthy, fit and strong? If our body is fit and strong, we either won't put up with disrespectful people and or we might be a nicer person ourselves because we're mentally strong and tough and feel good about ourselves. Just some things to consider. What if you could do all of that in just minutes a week? So you can sing like I do. Super duper doo, how are you? I'm sure you are amazing and fantastic and feel awesome. You sang bolts. <laughs>